0: This week's Performance Anxiety features photographer Jim Cummins. You may recognize his work with Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Aretha Franklin, The Who, Stevie Wonder, and more. You may also recognize his work from things like the 1980 NBA All-Star Game. We're pleased to have Jim on as he starts a new lecture series, so please enjoy Jim Cummins.
1: Hi, I'm Jim Cummins, photographer, videographer, consultant. And I've been doing this now for 51 years, and I'm doing this interview for Marche at Performance Anxiety.
0: I know you have an event coming up uh, next weekend. Is that right?
1: Yeah, the 17th. Yeah, I have a a workshop coming up, uh, and it's based on uh, the topics will be the three areas of photography that, uh, or imagery, as I call it now. I mean, you can't really call it photography. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, the three areas of imagery that I've been involved in uh, for the last 51 years, which is entertainment, sports, and uh, journalism. Uh, I'll be speaking on convergence journalism, which is the new journalism.
0: Okay. Oh, that sounds really interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it will be. It's going to be a lot of, uh, I I want it to be something that's based on information that I can pass on. Okay. Because it's a it's a brand new ball game out here now as far as imagery. Oh god yeah. Uh you know, gone are the days of the dark room, gone are the days of when you're getting assignments from a newspaper or a magazine. Uh and you have to be now um take it the other way and be more creative and bring in your own stories. Yeah. yeah. And uh I, I think it's uh I think that that's good. It's a big change. It's not a lot of money, but uh, you can, I think, if you're creative enough in this business right now with all the things that are at your, you know, within reach that are what I call a palette. Uh, you've got video, you've got stills, you've got cell phones, Uh oh, yeah. You have to know lighting and writing is another important thing. Yeah. Uh, as well as, as well as film. I mean, you could still take it back and do film. Um, so those, those are the, the things that you, you're dealing with now as far as, um, being an image maker.
0: Well, the, the landscape, like you're saying has definitely changed. Um, and regular listeners of the show would know that, that, uh, I used to be a photographer. I went to college for it and did it for a decade or so. And, uh, I, I miss the days of film. I really do. I was uh mm-hmm. I, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology in the night in the early, oh, 90s. I see. yeah. Yep. Yeah, went there in the early nineties, had a blast, loved it. Um, ended up leaving early to get into the field. Um and I will be hundred percent honest just because my grades were terrible. But uh-huh. <laughs> but uh yeah. I, I ended up getting into the field and and really enjoying using what I learned, but it is. You're right. It's absolutely a completely new landscape. There's no, you know, there's no waiting for for film. You don't have to rush film to a developer. You don't have to run into the dark room and and, and do contact sheets. And
1: it's. Oh yeah, that's those days are gone.
0: It's I mean, uh, it's so sad. I miss the smells of developer and fixer, and it's just everything has changed, and it's been, happened so quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It did, uh, like 20 years ago, close to 25, it it really made a big, drastic change. Um, yeah. And it's just been, it's just been on speed since that time. Yeah. I mean, uh, no one would ever, well, I recognized the, the changes that were taking place and that, um, equipment was just going to be so far out. I mean, you haven't reached the end of it yet, to tell you the truth. There's so many other things that are that are coming out.
2: Oh
0: yeah, there. there I are, mean, when uh,
1: you consider you got you got cameras with eye control.
0: Yeah, and there's ones uh, that shoot so many different wavelengths w- w- that aren't even in the visible spectrum, at this point.
1: Right. Well, that's been around for a while. It's just that nobody could afford it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, and it's it's been it was a uh, pretty much a government kind of thing, was as far. Because at one time, um, Kodak was making over about 120 types of film. Yeah. For different things. Uh, once, okay, about 25, maybe 30 years ago, I was working for Bell Labs and, uh, Bell Labs News, to be exact. Okay. And, um, they had a, every 25 miles in Jersey, there was a uh, terminal that you had to climb up and you had to go in and you had to photograph the uh, terminal itself. And the only way it was dark, you had like one light maybe. maybe. And the only way that you could determine it was with a certain type of film that could shoot in just about total darkness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, You know, you could, you could put, you could put the camera in your pocket and photograph the change.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. That's, but the, the the sensitivity of the film was so structured that it determined when certain terminals were gonna were turning gray.
2: Oh wow! Or,
1: you know, and they would re- replace them based on what you put back uh, with your film. So this film was like exceptional. Uh, yeah, I, I figured, hey, this is good for rock and roll.
2: Oh yeah! <laughs> you know, I mean, you got a
1: film like that, so. They were very strict on on things on like the returning stuff and you know, so they uh I got handed I think about eight rolls of film and I had to go up and I had to cover about a hundred miles. Okay. And it was like every every twenty miles, you know, they you know, you had to go and you to photograph various stages. And uh so I figured, well, hey, I'm gonna take this to a concert. trying to do doing a lot of rock and roll. Yeah. So when I came back in I said, uh they said, "Uh, you, you know, you got these films." And I said, "Oh no, I shot the whole thing." Yeah. <laughs> so they just they just looked at me and they said, uh, "Yeah, okay, all right." All right. <laughs> I said, Look, we know you got a couple of rolls of this film, you know. Yeah. Now, here's here's your problem. Where you going to get it developed? Oh wow, yeah, that's. You tr- know, you, 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 ain't, you ain't going to find Acupine to do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's just yeah. Not a, you know the, the formula for this stuff is under lock and key.
0: Yeah, you can't just take it to a photo mat and, and yeah, yeah, an
1: yeah. You couldn't do that. You, I mean, you could even go to a good lab oh. and do that. I mean, they just did not have they did not have that technology. But the technology is is there. It's ahead of itself now. But it's just so um, so much that you can do. Uh, until it becomes cheaper, yeah. Uh, you know, to um, as far as uh, you know, imagery, and even as far as uh, go as far as notebooks and uh, battery life and uh, liquid lenses, and these are oh, all man. things that are coming about, and uh, they're here, but they're not in abundance because they're very expensive.
0: Just like and that film. Signal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was all set to, you know, I had a concert coming up. I, was, I, I had an earmark for, uh, you know, how many frames I would use. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was ready. So let,
0: let, let's talk a little bit about that, too. I want to find out how you got into doing music photography. You, you started uh, shooting professionally in, in what, the mid-60s, is that right? Yeah. How did you get started professionally?
1: uh, Just started doing it. I mean, I've I've been photographing since the age of eight. Okay. Okay. So I've been doing it since then. And I was, when I got to be, I came out the Marine Corps and I got, uh, started getting jobs. Just started getting jobs shooting. Okay. Professionally. and then 1968 is when it turned around. Um, there was a concert at Madison Square Garden, May 28, 1968. And it was the first major – it was the first concert at the new Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. And on the bill, on the bill were um, Sonny and Cher, Rascals, King Curtis, uh, Sam and Dave, and Aretha.
2: Okay, okay. okay.
1: And every single group, all the groups I just mentioned, had either a number one or a number two hit, or had had number one or number two hits within the last weeks. Oh wow! And so a friend of mine, she said, uh, hey, listen, this concert's garden, I want to go, let's go. I said, all right. So I got tickets. She says, well, get credentials. I said, all right. So I got credentials. She says, you know, take along a bunch of cameras. I said, well, I took along a bunch of cameras. And I photographed the show. And uh, she turned around and said, well, uh, this is sponsored by Atlantic Records. I said, yeah. So she said, well, get your film up to Atlantic. She saw the film, said, uh, you know, you should get this up to Atlantic. I said, all right. Okay, I'll uh, I'll get it up there. So I got it up there. They liked the material that they saw. They said, well, we can't use anything right now. However, we will definitely keep you in mind if, uh, you know, we, we need something from you. You know, you got... Okay. I had, you know, I had a good take. I was happy with the take that I got. It was an exciting show, first of all. Oh yeah. Um, up till now, it's probably I would say one of the best shows I've ever seen.
2: Oh really? Oh that's that's. Yeah. And, everybody
1: was. Everybody came on and it was dynamic. Sam and Dave came on and the floor was shaking.
2: Oh, I love
0: Sam and Dave.
1: And oh, it was like, uh, yeah, and they they put on such a show that Aretha had to wait. Like about fifteen, twenty minutes before she came on.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Because the the crowd was just wild. Sam and Dave just let the, uh, you know, they, they were <laughs> like that. You know, they could raise the temperature of the show.
0: Very quickly. <laughs> Man, so and anyway, what to make Aretha have to wait to to for everybody to come yeah. down? and oh yeah, that's something. Yeah,
1: for so them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And uh, it was in the round, you know, with the stage revolving. So oh. I mean, the excitement yeah. was just like. uh uh, so took the film to Atlantic and, uh, they said, you know, they said, Hey, we like this stuff. We'll you know, keep it in mind. Definitely keep it in mind. So I waited about a week. I didn't get anything back. So I called them and they said, Oh, you just, you called just in time. We're using two of your pictures for album covers. Oh, wow. Sam and Dave, I thank you album and Aretha, uh, for Aretha and Paris.
2: Oh, Wow.
1: That was my first two albums. So from that point, they gave me uh, Pickett, Wilson Pickett, to photograph. Oh. And after that, they said, "Well, look, we'd like you to uh, be contract and uh, do 25 albums per quarter."
2: Oh my God! Now you didn't
1: always get you didn't always get 25, but you know you'd photograph 425, 25 and you get 15, 20. Oh man! A couple of times there, I, a couple of times there, I got 25. You know, so I worked for, in the music business till. So, uh, about mid near close to the mid
2: eighties. Oh wow. And I was okay. doing
1: album I was doing album cover work and uh, you know that's that's how I got started.
0: Well I was looking at a, a list of the people you've photographed and it's absolutely insane. I'm gonna I'm gonna list some of these people here. Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Aretha Franklin, yeah. The Who, yeah. uh BB King, Eric Clapton. Obviously, Sam and Dave. Like you said, Stevie Wonder. Uh, let's see. Who else is blowing me away here? Uh, Duke Ellington, Miles Davis, James Brown, The Rolling Stones, Sly and the Family Stone. I mean, it, the list just goes on. Velvet Underground, The Doors. That is, that, that's an incredible list. And that's not even, that's maybe half the list of what I'd found.
1: Yeah. that's Well, I've got over, as uh, I've, kind of- Believe now I have like well over a thousand album covers that I've done.
2: Oh my God! And I did a
1: lot of I did a lot of gospel and I did a lot of uh, uh, artists that I had done. If I did one album cover, in some cases I've done five or six.
0: Wow! Now so, now dur- um, during this time period, were you based in the New York City area or were you traveling?
1: Uh, yeah, I would travel as far as the West Coast or something but not, but most of the time I was up and down the East coast.
0: Okay. And was that on something like, like they would give you an assignment, say, hey, we need you to shoot, um, I don't know, Glenn Campbell. So go out to, to the West coast and, and yeah. shoot him.
1: Well, I did him here. He came here. He was at the garden state art center, which was the garden state art center at the time. Okay. And, um, he was there doing an album and they were, uh, they were recording naturally. And, uh, so I photographed them there and photographed them behind stage as well as, uh, you know, in concert. So, and it th- so they would ask me, it, it was uh, Atlantic, uh, where I worked for Atlantic, London, uh, Mercury, uh, uh, Capital, uh, all the major record companies.
0: Oh yeah, like, like uh, Columbia and, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking and,
1: at... Uh, there was only a, 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 I like to do concert work. I mean, yeah, you could do pose stuff, but the excitement to me was a concert when you see these people perform. When you get to see the excitement that they generate and you know the highlights of the concert, that was to me uh, the place to be to really show the artists what they're doing.
0: Oh yeah, and I've seen some of so your
1: photographs. Yeah, so I wound up, you know, know there were some weekends where I'd be doing like three concerts. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, of different artists. And I spent a lot of time in Fillmore. I worked for Fillmore for a moment. And uh, so a lot of concerts through there, a lot of concerts through the garden. Okay. And uh, the Palladium, different places, yeah.
0: And, um, gonna stop for one second here. I've got some kind of weird technical issue with my cord here. One so second. from
1: that point I got into uh I got into sports.
0: Okay. Um and so how did how did that transition come about?
1: That came about with uh, a writer. A writer suggested uh a sports writer. Um a friend of mine, uh she uh, brought a father by and he's
0: what? He's what, Shirley Povich.
1: I don't know if you heard the name.
0: Uh, could you repeat the name again?
1: Shirley Povich.
0: Oh, okay. That's yeah. I what? I know that name.
1: Yeah, he uh, was the writer for the uh, Washington Post.
0: Okay. So,
1: and you know, his, his daughter and I worked together at uh, News Newsday Newsweek, and. um we were friends and she brought a father by, brought it by my office and, uh, we took him, let me see what you, you know, portfolio. So I showed him what I had. I had a, a big portfolio with, um, some of the, some of the albums. And he said, uh, he said, kid, get into sports. Just start doing sports. Okay. He said, you got the natural, you know, you're just kidding. Just and I followed his advice and, uh, Sure enough, it, uh, I found myself doing quite a bit of sport.
0: So yeah, you ended up being photographed a photographer
1: for about every major sport. Yeah, uh, you, you, I mean you, curling. I've done curling. Cur- I've done polo. <laughs> I mean, I've done some ridiculous things.
0: <laughs> but you ended up being a staff photographer for the NBA.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh, go ahead.
0: Oh, uh, did that? Uh, did that make it uh, get you on the road traveling, or were you? Uh, a staff photographer. Oh uh, yeah, that was
1: that was uh, that was worse than rock and roll. I mean, that, that was like uh, <laughs> rock and roll. And shooting rock and roll, I would have 15 days on the road, and then about five days I had a break, and that that time was usually spent editing film, then back out on the road again. Okay. And with the NBA, it was on the it was on the road just constantly. I mean, I've covered um, the most I've covered. And after a while, that became uh, novel too, it was a hundred games a season. Oh wow. Jeez. Pro game. And uh possibly more than that because I was covering ABA ball at the same time. Oh wow. But so- I got into the I got into the NBA. I um they I put together a magazine a long time ago we did some uh there was a company called Mako and they put out a magazine and they asked me to come in and you know send me to games and I photograph and then the NBA called me and they said, you know look we got another position open. Um, there was only two of us at the time, two of us at the time what we were required to do it was different than what it is now okay what we were required to do was to make uh, to catch judgment calls. Oh you know in other words if um, somebody was complaining about something or something that they didn't see, we'd have it myself and the other photographer would have it on film. He covered the West coast. I covered the East coast.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. And,
1: um, so, you know, in other words, there was maybe a foul situation. It was continuous, uh, between two teams. I don't, I don't know if you do referees talk quite a bit. They know everything that goes
0: on. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, they, 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 know players birthmarks.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And they, they, yeah, they can, they, they I mean, they, i got to hand it to them because they know, first of all, they know the game. Yeah. And they have anticipations of what's going to happen. So oh, I can say the one story was pretty funny. There used to be only two officials. Okay. Okay. And the way they are, there's certain areas that they can't see what's going on. Right. As a third official would see that they can't, they're blindsided. And the coaches tell the players, you know you know, pull shit off in there, Yeah. do, do stuff, you know, with, within, uh, those boundaries, you know, if you see oh, that alignment yeah. come up, you know, uh, pulling a guy's jock strap or, you know, stepping on his foot <laughs> yeah. or a uh, Polish. No, I, I mean, I'm serious. This is what went on. So oh my gosh. the officials knew this. So one day there was a particular game where it was like really, um, uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on between a couple of players, like four players. Okay. So they said, you know, you see the stuff, don't they? I said, yeah, I see certain things. They said, well, when you see it, I had a, a unipod. And they said, when you see a foul, you know, that we, you know, we get that angle and we're blindsided, you see the foul, tap your unipod on the floor. Oh. oh. So I would see something going on, I tap a unipod on the floor, and they blow the whistle. <laughs> so the players started like saying, "How did you see that? What well, you know? How did you know I did that to him? <laughs> you know." <that> was, uh, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So the, it it cools it down for a while, you know. But then they got three officials in, and, you know. They mean, but as, at that time, you know, you you were in a sense uh, a third official because you were there to capture, you know, the game. For um, the purpose of uh, determining fouls, determining who was running a zone, okay, and uh, you know uh, things like that, and uh, also to get a lot of the uh, uh, the, the, foul a lot of the foul situation, a lot of foul situation, a lot of fouling goes, you know, the wit on at that time, a lot of grabbing, a lot of pushing and shoving.
0: So this was what uh, about the the seventies, mid seventies or so, or the seventies yeah,
1: it- uh, through to the 80s. I shot. I shot into like nineteen eighty three. Okay.
0: And you're still 83, 84. Now and you still uh, going to concerts and, and shooting at this time or are you just specifically focusing on sports?
1: Uh no, I, I again the Times what happened was seventy seven I walked in. I have, doing a couple of things for the Times per year. You know, I get about three or four things okay from the Times per year. And uh Finally, one day I was looking at the sports section and, you know, like some of the stuff I could do. So I called my friend over there. I said, you know, I'd like to do more. So he said, all right, I'll set you up with the photo editor. Okay. So he set me up with the photo editor and the photo editor said, yeah, you know, I like, you know, we can we can really use you right now. And I didn't understand the meaning of that at that time. But uh, it quickly got pointed out to me. The Times was changing over their uh, format to uh, more pictures, bigger pictures, and um, a better type of picture, you know, to, okay. to, to do some things that were different. And um, I went to uh, the interview, and the, the, the guy he said, look, you know, I, I like what you do. You know, you're interested in doing a lot of sports. I said, well, yeah. So he sent me upstairs to the sports department. Okay. So the, they they didn't believe that he sent me up there because he never sent anybody up there. Oh, jeez. You know? So they said uh, they thought I was some kind of spy or something. So they, <laughs> so they looked at me, you know, like I had two heads. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. So I said, uh, they said, Dane uh, sent you up here? I said, yeah. So they said, well, all right. So they, so they took my portfolio, went in office, came back out, and – um. You know, they looked around the corner. They saw I was still there. Yeah, hi. You know, and then they looked again, and they called me in the office. And what I thought was only two people in there was turned out to be three. Okay. It was a guy standing over in the corner. And, of course, you know, you see this kind of thing. You know who's in charge. There's the guy standing over to the side. Right, right. He so didn't have a word to say, but there was, they were sitting at the desk, and they were looking through my portfolio. And he was uh, just standing over on the side. And, um... They said, uh, they, they, the only thing that was missing, the way they interviewed me was, you know, I have the old movies where uh, the detectives are sitting around the suspect. And they said, where were you on the night of the 21st? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, and the only thing that was missing was the light in my face. <laughs> okay. But they grilled me. I mean, they really did. They said, uh, you know, do uh, you think uh, hockey is a horizontal sport? I said, well, no. Um, you know, yes, it's a run on the horizontal, but there's things that can happen vertically, and you have to be prepared for that. You know, I like to do. A, I don't want to get stuck in. You know, that it's a horizontal thing when you see a vertical shot. Right, right. So a couple of minutes went by. And I said, well, uh, "You think basketball is strictly vertical?" I said, "No." I said, "There again, same thing." I said, "I'm not tied down to a uh, particular set of rules. I'm going by what the game, how the game is going to go." It could go horizontally. It could go diagonally. You know, right? It can yeah. go any which way. So you you look for those things. You you get you know the game. You know your players. You know things that are you know you anticipate certain things that are going to happen, and that's how I work it. So I, since the guy on the side after like about four questions like this and you know with detailed answers, that he uh, he he nodded, and then walked out the room. Oh, and I found out very quickly. That the guy—I didn't find out quickly. Really, I found out after a couple of weeks. That the guy who was standing on the side was Lou Silverstein. Oh, wow! Yeah, I, I don't—you know, obviously know who he is. Yes. He—he—he he, he designed the Times. Yeah. With sports Monday, business day, uh, uh, the sections, the uh, Long Island, New York, Manhattan, Jersey sections, oh, and uh. Yeah. So he, uh, through that, uh, I was doing sports and then they started sending me to other sessions because I had the same, um, sensitivity towards subject matter. You know, it didn't have to be a square picture. You know, it didn't have to be, uh, uh, and, and the other thing was that they were telling me, Hey, we want something. We got a square hole. We want to fill that. You got an, you got an idea. Yeah, I got an idea. You know, i to bring it in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: um, I started I was with them for what seven years at the time for seven years. Oh wow. Until I went until I went to Newsday. Oh and the, the strangest part about it was that they as they were changing, they were trying to like hit the photographers to, hey, change your style of shoes, do this, do that. And so mm-hmm. I was like uh what I term as the man. They love to hate. Because I would try different things. Ah, okay. I would try different things. I tried setting up remote.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, at some of these games. And uh, the the one thing, 1980, I think it was 1980, um, who I was working for the NBA, and the NBA, they said, uh, I was shooting Nikon, and they said, uh, call me in the office. And uh, they said, uh, you're shooting Nikon, right? I said, yeah. I said, you happy with it? I said, yeah, sure. you using it? <laughs> They said, "Well, from now on, you're shooting Canon." I said, "But I got Nikon. You know, why would I want want to change over to Canon?" This is maybe you don't understand. From now on, you're shooting (laughs) Canon. So I said, "Well, okay, what's the deal? You know, what's the deal here?" So I said, uh, "Canon is now the official camera of the NBA. So your all your stuff, all your Nikon stuff, is being replaced." Oh wow! So I had to learn a system real quick.
0: That's, and that's a big deal. I don't know. People may not realize how big of a deal that is.
1: Yeah, no, it was. So that they on top of that, they asked me, they said, do you, can you think of anything special you'd want to do with this equipment? So I said, all right, I got one for you. I said, let me set up a tandem. Now, I don't know if you don't know what a tandem is. A tandem, a t- a tandem is a multi-camera hookup. Right. And uh, you run it remote you know, you can't be in, I had six cameras up, uh, oh. I had two cameras overhead, two cameras on the floor and two cameras on the backboard. Oh, wow. Okay. That's fantastic. so, uh, um, and I did this for the all-star game. Oh, okay. Which you got the maximum out of because they're constantly transitioning players and oh, yeah. certain things may be going down on the other end of the floor. You got two cameras going down, or one camera going down there where it's happening, or in some cases, maybe even three cameras. Uh, so I had a remote box that I was working on. Of.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: And I had a seventh camera on the side. Man. So that went off. That went off very well.
0: Oh. I don't, yeah. What, no, what, so, uh, do you remember what year this was? 19, I think it was
1: 1980. It was, yeah,
0: 1980. Yeah. Oh right, so I'm gonna to have to look up some of these images and see what I can what I can find on these. Because yeah. I'm really intrigued to yeah, so in take a look at this.
1: Those pictures went quick. Oh, bet those pictures went quick.
0: Man, yeah.
1: so it. So they never they never had anything set up like that before.
0: I can yeah, I and, can imagine uh, if if they're trying to if they're asking you know, you what what you want to do and if there's anything special. And yeah, I can imagine how blown away they must have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I started, uh, you know, I became for a moment, I became a spokesman for them, you know, that's wild. Oh and my gosh. Uh, so then there's other things that I, you know, was, you know, worked with zoom lenses, uh, color print film, Mm. I've always been wanting to try something different. I like a challenge. I like photograph a photographic challenge. Oh,
2: gosh, you yeah. know, I don't want
1: to get stuck in the same thing, uh, you know, you day in, day out. You know, and um, I started seeing ways Zooms were becoming better made. There was, you know, better Zooms now. So I start, mm. I got into that early. And also color print film I got into early. And then autofocus. Wow. uh, auto focus was, oh. uh my biggest challenge. And I got into that. I got into that first thing. Okay. And it all came. Canon used to make a, I don't know if you, you familiar with the Canon system.
0: I love Canon. That's, that's, that's the the system that I use actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, they had a, at one time, they had an autofocus lens. It was a tan lens that looked like a box and okay. it was a uh, 35 to 70. Okay. Now, there wasn't a lot you could do with this. It was an autofocus lens. Now, what you do is there's a button where you focus on the on the lens, and then you shoot, uh, you know, the shutter on the camera. Right. But you autofocus, and then you, you know, you click. And so I had a game to do on the West Coast. I needed to put up... Um, I I was trying to decide which lens to use, and I wanted a zoom lens that I could, you know, check out different focal lengths. Right. You know, on the backboard. So I called in and I said, you know, look, can you you ship me a lens? Uh, Something to 135, you know, anything from there to, you know, 135, 105. Mm -hmm. So they said, "Uh, okay. So they called me back about 20 minutes later. They said, we don't have anything in the house. We don't have anything in the locker Oh. Uh, will, you settle, will you settle for something different? I said, well, no, yeah. I said, it doesn't have to be that long at this point. So they had this, they said, well, we got this 35 to 70. It's an autofocus lens. It's the only one. There, there, were, no, there were no autofocus lenses at the time. Wow. That was the only one. And it was like a, uh, how could you say, it was a uh, a white elephant. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, nobody okay. wanted to use it. I mean, right. it, it collected dust, you <laughs> yeah. know, it was a doorstop, <laughs> you know. So they said, uh, you mind if we send you this? Is it what you got to do, critical. I said, no, I just, you know, I just need to really uh, make some adjustments, Make you know, see what focal length I want to use. Right. So they said, okay, so they shipped it out to me. So I used it, came back home, nobody was asking for it. Uh, so I, I had it on my, my desk, and I would play with it. I put it. I put a, a camera on it and, uh, that I had, an extra camera that I had, and I played with it. And I said, you know, this is a hell of a concept when you think about it, a camera that you can focus automatically. Right. You know, I said, this is a hell of a concept. Yeah, yeah. So I told him, I said, well, look, if you ever, and I told him, I said, I was holding on to it. I had it for months. I think I might have had it for about a year. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, but nobody was asking for Well, yeah, it. Nobody yeah. No exactly, nobody cared. Nobody was asking for it out of a loan program or nothing.
0: Oh, man.
1: And so they said, uh, yeah, so I finally turned it in. I said, look, if you ever come up with this, this concept, that you advanced this concept, I want to know. So it might have been months later they shipped me Two six twenties, um, a thirty five millimeter lens, a thirty-five to one
0: oh five, okay and uh seventy
1: to two hundred. Oh nice. Yeah. So they said uh here you go. They sent it to <laughs> Jeez. They sent it to thirty photographers around the world.
2: Oh man.
1: All right. And um I loved it. You know, I put, I put the manual focus stuff to one side, uh, played with this thing for about a, about a few days before I had to do something serious Yeah. and uh, took it out, took it right out and uh, you know, was out in the street with it. Okay. And uh, every, everybody looked at me like I was, well, no, not really. No, not really. Cause I mean, it, everybody knew that I tried some different things. So I wasn't looked at as really being crazy but they just want to see what I was going they, to do with
0: it. Yeah, if if you had that reputation, you then know, they're curious as so, to so what you're working with now.
1: Yeah, they were curious as to what... So it must have been about... Oh, I know what I was covering. I was covering the Chambers trial. Okay. Uh, and there's where you really needed... Uh, because they hurried him in so quick. that And you had a gang of photographers, or what I call a gaggle <laughs> <Yeah>. of photographers, <laughs> yeah. that were... Um, you know, I mean, they they'd be on top of one. Well, you know, have you worked in a press situation any situation? Yes. Like, uh, purple walks and stuff like that?
0: Yes. Yeah. And I've, I've worked at a okay, well, okay, well. minimal, but yeah. You. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what it's like. Yeah. It's a, you, you're oh, okay, all crammed together. Thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, I managed to get with that chambers coming in and I got a series of shots. And at the time they had a very rapid flash that was like as quick as a, there used to be a light I would call a mighty light. Okay. And the mighty light was a very fast recycling time. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, it was like once a second, boom, 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 Oh, boom, wow. Boom. Like you could do something like that. Yeah. And this was an old system and it took a, a, a huge battery.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: But it was, yeah, it was worth, it was worth having, but they came out with this thing called a 100, um, Easy one hundred, and it was the size of a pack of cigarettes. I still got a couple here.
2: Oh jeez!
1: I, <laughs> I still got a couple. here, and they were very, very fast. They took a two CR five battery, same battery as the camera, as oh. the six twenty, which made it very easy. Yeah. You know, so you had an easy, you had an easy system with the six twenty. You had a motorized camera, autofocus, and you had uh, the same, the same battery, two CR five.
0: That's that's nice.
1: So uh, it was about a week later. We're covering the trial, so I had. Uh, uh, well, to make a long story short, left my equipment on the side and stepped away. And then when I came back to where I thought my equipment was, I saw. It didn't look like my. It was. It was Canon. It was autofocus 620s, and it was the same setup. And I said, I, I didn't think I left my equipment over here. So a guy comes over, Mario from AP. He says, I know, I know, I know. He says, as soon as I saw you using this, he said, I figured that there must be something to it. <laughs>
2: says,
1: so I went out. He says, I went out. And I was able to get a hold of, you know, this equipment. Oh, man. So, you know, but I, I've been known for just, I like trying different things. I like, uh, you know, I like uh, variety. Same thing with autofocus. When, you know, when, well, when it first came in, um, there, I mean, there was really doubts about it.
0: Well, yeah, they were very and, uh, slow, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, and well, they were slow. I mean, it was just—it uh, was an adjustment.
0: Okay. It was slow, and
1: people catching on.
0: Well, maybe that, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, but but it was it was pretty quick. It was thing. It was based on. It was based on you you know you know the structure of autofocus, right? Based on contrast. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, now. Uh, Autofocus is unbelievable, there's this new thing, it's not new really, it's been around a few years called phase detection. Okay. And instead of one point, you've got like maybe 153 points within the lens that is capable of grabbing the frame and being sharp. Now I didn't trust phase detection for a long time, but recently, close to a year ago, I did an article for a Sony camera called the RX-10M4. Okay. Okay, which is a remarkable system. I mean, it's like, um, I did a, review on it, did a review on it for Sony. I'll, I'll send you the info on it.
2: Yeah, please when you, do. When
1: you handle this camera, or when you see this camera, you probably um, want to sell one of your kids to get it.
0: (laughs) Uh, They've made me want to do that on a couple of occasions.
1: Yeah, right. But you you (laughs) really want to, with clothes, with clothes, sell them with
0: clothes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, pack a bag. Yeah. (laughs) The kids and all the accessories. Yeah. So,
1: um, you know, that right now to me, that is, that that camera is the joint. That's, uh, when I wrote the article, I even wrote in there. I said, you know, the only thing, because I, I went after the camera. I went after it from the aspect that everybody talks about. Oh, the camera doesn't do this. It's uh, that's a design flaws in it, or um, well, you know, um, design compromises they'll call it, or design flaws. Right. And they'll you know they'll criticize what it can't do. Hey. If you look at the camera and read the specs and look at what the glasses they put in it, they put in a spheric element into this. And you know how expensive a spheric glass is. Yes. So they, 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 um, put this in and I said, uh, no, I'm going to approach it from what the camera can do and just take it through challenges. And I wrote even as a preface to it, I said, you know, the only thing that I don't like about this camera is the fact that it doesn't do laundry.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: You know, if you can get that in, then, you know, I'll be completely happy. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's uh, uh, been very fortunate, I think, in this business. I mean, very fortunate in the things that I've been able to cover and in many cases been able to follow people follow my editorial decisions and what I shoot.
0: Well, if you're getting the results yeah. that they want, then yeah, it makes sense that they would.
1: Yeah, well, I, again, i have just fortunate. You know, I've, been, I've seen a lot of good music. I mean, a lot of good music.
0: Yeah, and, um, I definitely want to ask you some more about some of some of the work you've done with musicians. Um, I mean, you've shot some iconic images of artists like Jimi Hendrix, yeah. bands like Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, Janis Joplin, Rolling Stones. Did you, how does it, work in in when they're recording they're, they're in studio. You've got some fantastic pictures of Hendrix uh, in studio uh, recording.
1: Yeah well the, stu- yeah, the studio is a place where uh, again I was very fortunate that I was chosen to do those things in the studio Led Zeppelin uh, Hendrix Modern Jazz Quartet, a number of artists in the studio uh, Pickett uh wicked Wilson pickggy you it. know i was very fortunate that because i i i in any situation i go into i want to be unobtrusive mm-hmm. you know, I to be, uh you know I, I want to be um uh, unobtrusive uh they, they say he's here but we don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I usually chuck myself away in a, in a Position and uh, just you know stay out of the way because the studio is a very high pressured situation. Right. I can't begin to tell you how high pressure it's like. It's like a championship fight.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes a yeah, lot. That's,
1: that's of the sense. easiest way that I can describe. It's like a Muhammad Ali fight.
0: So you did, know when
1: you've got artists with the Statue of Hendrix and all oh. you know and uh, Roberta, um, Roberta and Donnie. Um, Jimmy uh, and, and a number of, of different groups that I've, I've had the opportunity to, to, to be in the studio photograph.
0: So I imagine that's also more of a high-pressure situation for you then too because you don't want to disturb the process but you, you're you there to document the exactly. process.
1: Exactly. You, you, yeah. So you stay, out of, you stay out of the way. Stay the hell out of the way. <laughs> and I've been very fortunate in the studios I've worked in. Yeah, the, the way I uh, I, I got left in the studio one night. They forgot I was in there.
0: Really? Uh, who were you shooting? Yeah,
1: lights are going out and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they're closing to do it. I said, hey, you know.
0: Yeah. What's, what's uh, Who were you shooting at the time?
1: What was I shooting at the time?
0: Yeah, what, what band or what artist?
1: Oh, um, Roy Ayers.
0: Oh, okay. Roy oh. Ayers, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Now, it sounds so
1: like I got in. I got in there. I got in there before everybody else, and uh, they didn't even know, you know, I was there.
0: So You were just doing. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Be, you know, documenting it and staying out of the way. So that's that's funny. Then <laughs> now, it it sounds to me like yeah, yeah. Like, well, it sounds to me like you preferred shooting in a live environment over shooting in the studio.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer the, the the live stuff, you know, stuff where they're doing something, where the artist is doing what they do. Right. You know, you've got, within a concert, you've got, you, and within a 45-minute concert, you got a minute and a half to get something good. Oh, wow. And, and in some cases, even less, depending on the performance, depending on what lighting, what side of the stage you're on, you know, all those things. Your mobility to be able to move in and out of a situation.
0: Yeah. Now, what kind of access did you have when you're shooting live? Uh, did you were you just specifically down in in either like uh, on the side of the stage or down in front, or were you allowed access backstage?
1: Oh yeah, full access.
0: Oh man, That's... behind
1: stage, you know, out front. Sometimes uh, the artist in in the group. Tell you a funny story. Make you laugh.
2: Oh, I love uh, this.
1: So I had to do it. I had to do a show. I had to do a show at the Beacon. Uh, for the life of me, I, to this day I can't remember who the artist was. Big artist. <laughs> and and um, they said. Uh, and a lot of times, what I get is you get a you get a, a cross call. In other words, another record company would have an artist at a show that you're at. Mm-hmm. So they will contact Atlantic and say, Hey, you know, we understand is going to be there. Can he do some stuff for us? Okay. You know, our actors coming on first. Can you can you do do some stuff for us? And they said, uh, and I said, yeah, you know, sure, go ahead. You know, call them, or okay. uh, you know, we'll talk to them. You know, they leave a message on uh, my pager. So and so we will call, and uh, they want you to do uh, Jerry Butler or uh, a sub act. Okay. And so uh, on this particular night, again, I can't remember who the major well you know who the, the the prime artist was but uh feliciano. Yeah. They said, oh, mercury yeah. i can't remember anyway they said uh we need you to give some shots to feliciano i said all right they said we don't need him necessarily on stage but um you know if you can get something personal behind stage. so i said all right so problem so i get up to the beacon and i come in and there's a hallway and in the hallway there's uh well i guess you're familiar with this too there's a lot of instrument um, packaging, you know, uh, cases, cases, yeah, and and uh, mic stands and uh, uh, music stands and whatnot, yeah,
2: uh,
1: instrument cases and if drum cases, kits, you know, cases and whatnot, foyer, mm. yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, I come in and walk in, make a left, and I distinctly may remember making a left. And there was Feliciano, it says, oh, you know, Felice, so hey, how are you? You know, I appreciate you. I really like your music. They sent me up to get a couple of things. So he said, well, what do you want? I said, well, just keep on playing. You know, just keep on rehearsing, because I know you're going on. Don't want to interrupt anything. Right. Uh, I'll be over here, you know, on the other side of the room. I had a 135. I was able to close in, get some nice things in the room. And I was just very quiet about it, and I knew Moments that you know he you know, he'd be running a riff and you know, get that and so all of a sudden there's this knock on the door bam 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 and, you know, bam 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 so uh, Feliciano yeah says come in come in so as the person comes in they knocked over all the uh, drum kits and the light stands It's crash bang boom you know <laughs> Not the whole, you know, like whole stuff, like just like, you know. So finally he yells out, "What the fuck are you blind?" Oh. <laughs> it, in walks Stevie Wonder.
2: Oh
1: no! <laughs> so they start going at it, you know. You know, what do you do? Leave your seeing eye dog at home? Oh. <laughs> blah
2: blah blah. You know.
1: And uh, so they start going at, you know. Blind people with blind people have a weird sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! And gosh. so they were going on about it. They, they mentioned to me, you know, this is Jim. Just you know, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, really love what you do. <laughs> yeah. And they suggested that, hey, have you ever thought of going to a concert or going to a gig as a blind photographer?
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I said, you people, I said, you people are sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sick. Oh my
1: God! Yeah. You show up, you know, or you, you shake hands with a lamp or something like that. You know, <laughs> you wear the, you got to wear the dark shades. Hold it, hold it, hold it right there. Hold it right there. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Oh my, that's fantastic.
1: Now, so, yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a whole, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of funny stories and whatnot that I've, you know, I've encountered. So
0: you, you've had artists. some, well, it sounds like you've had a lot of really good interactions. Have you ever had any that the, were The really- session
1: with Hendrix was very, very serious. I mean, there was no, nobody was smiling. Oh. Because they had a very tough road to go. Um, are you familiar with the record Isabella?
0: Oh, uh, yes. I, I'm a big Hendrix fan. You've heard it? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love Jimi Hendrix's work.
1: Yeah. Okay. When I get off the phone, play it again, because there is so much going on. The production of that record was like a task within itself. Oh, my gosh. Because the, the, all the things that are going on, if you listen carefully, put on some headphones to listen to it, you hear all the things going on. At that time, there was no studio that could do this. And I'm talking about even Electric Ladyland. Electric Ladyland was built, and they couldn't have recorded the way they did there. Oh, jeez! As many tracks as they had, they couldn't do it. No. Wow. They couldn't do it. So they call in. They call in the master, Eddie Kramer.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And he he put it together. put it together. But it was so tense because they had to there were so many adjustments they had to make and it was constant. Hendrix was walking around, he had a guitar and he had a long cord. I mean like maybe a fifty foot cord, thirty foot cord. Oh wow. And he would just walk from place that he was playing. And somebody would be around, you know, they'd be feeding the cord or following him around. And so as I said, I managed to position myself in a you know a good spot. And there was one time one moment where we came Face to face, he came over to where I was tucked away, and I just started shooting. You know, there was there's a black and white picture of him looking right into the camera. Oh wow! And uh, I just started shooting. Oh my! So God. that's up on. I don't know. Did you you know of uh, the website I'm on? Uh, the Jim Cummings Collection.
0: Yes, I'm actually I've got it up on on my computer right now. Um, it's uh yeah Cummings Collection. Uh, I'm actually on the uh, the artist page right now. So I'm i have got Hendrix,
1: yeah,
0: the thing. yeah. and it yeah, there's some amazing stuff. I definitely want everybody who who listens to this to check it out. Um, I had I've got a couple more questions if you don't. I know I've kept you a while, but I I do want to I did want to ask you if and all, all your interactions seem to have of uh, that you, that you've shared with us are, are fun, nice, great interactions. Were there any artists that were just pain in the ass to work with? Oh. You got an hour. Got oh, an hour? <laughs> who who sticks? I guess I should narrow that down. Like who sticks out? Like if I say that, who's the first one to come to mind?
1: Okay, uh, I'll tell you the story how I got hired, got fired, and rehired in the same meeting.
2: <laughs> okay, I got to hear this.
1: All right. So every quarter uh, at Atlantic, Neser and Ahmed, they were they call in the staff and they review every album that does come out for that quarter, be it twenty, twenty-five, or whatever it is.
2: nice right, so I'm at art again, and they review right? it
1: all the way. From, yeah. Okay. Uh, they reviewed it from um, the art direction to the photography, to the recording, you know, they, they take it apart. Okay. They take it apart. So uh, this one particular quarter, I, I was able to try a couple of different things. Um, and, and I had, uh, That was my my worst album cover was an album called uh, by uh, artist called Hank Crawford. Okay. And the title of the album was "It's a Funky Thing to Do." Thank God it's not out there anymore. (laughs) I I had to to photograph this guy. He was just. I mean, he didn't move. Oh God. (laughs) He didn't move at all. I mean, the only thing that moved, you know, you know, the pictures of the eyes of Jesus. Yes, the eyes go back and forth. Yes. that was the only thing. That was oh, it. Geez. That <laughs> oh, was it. God. Can you move this way? He'd move a finger. He moved. He did not move. He did not move. Wow. He, uh, I had to like I went over like checked his pulse. <laughs> yeah. you know, see, the guy was alive. <laughs> you <know? laughs> offered him a drink. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, I mean, this guy, he did not get drunk. Oh, you know, and he just you know same thing. So that didn't go well. So we had to do another session. And that session didn't go well. Oh, Jesus. Same thing. And then I said, well, okay, I'll take him outside. Took him outside to start the snow. <laughs> so I couldn't catch a break with this guy. Oh, all right. So they had to go with the cover, the you know, something anyway, and uh, from something that I shot. I just was not happy with it. And the designer didn't do it any justice. Oh, God. He didn't help me out any, you know. And, um, so the other cover that I had and it won an award was I did a cover of Mongo, Santa Maria, okay. and um, yeah, and he uh, I told him when had him over I had him over the studio and uh, I said look I want to do something with you serious because you're usually smiling but I want to do something not with you evil but just a serious expression you know you're a serious musician right. So he said, okay. So I had him leaning on the drum. I had him nicely lit and uh, in tight with, you know, his his arm leaning on the back. You know, you would probably run across it. Yeah. And um, it was a nice, strong shot, strong image, looking directly into the camera. Okay. And so that won an award. So they, Nestle and uh, Ahmad had the meeting, mainly Nestle does the talking with this particular thing. Okay. And so they had the meeting and I was outside the office where they, you know, the staff is in there, the producers, uh, uh some arrangers and, uh, the, uh, VP and the art director and they said, uh, and that's comes in. He says, look, he says, uh, before we go on, he says, I'd like to get one thing out the way. He says, we have uh, an album cover here. He says, it's probably the worst thing. You know? <laughs> Uh, it's really, it's really terrible. This, is, this album cover is really. He's holding, he's, now he's holding two album covers. He says, "This is really terrible. You know, this, I, this, this we can't stand for. You know, I mean, look at this. This is, you know, this isn't us. You know, we can't have, you know, artwork like this going out. You know, we, we don't have. You know, it's not being done. He says, you know, so they, so they're trying to say, but, but Nestle, look, you don't understand. Says, I understand that this is a bad cover, but Nestle, the guy has no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it." Oh, you gosh. know who shot this cover? They said, "Well, no, Nestle, Look, he said, "No, who shot this cover?" They said, "Jim Cummings." They said, "Jim shot this." <laughs> he said, "We're going to have to talk to him about his contract.
2: Oh, God! He can't
1: be shooting stuff like this." You know, he said, "Now, here's the cover that I want to see." He said, "This is the this is the guy. If Jim can't do it, this is the guy that we hire." <laughs> and he held up the picture of cover of Mongo. <laughs> now, who shot this cover? This said, Jim. And they grabbed me and picked me up and tur- took me around the corner and fell down laughing. <laughs> they said, man, you don't know what happened in that meeting. <laughs> they said, you got fired and rehired he said, in the same breath. So that was, uh, you know, one one difficult person that I had to deal with. Oh, uh. Another person is Aretha. Aretha, I'd be, they sent me to Florida, okay, to Miami. Okay. Fame, fame Studios. And they sent me down there to, to photograph and uh, her when she came in doing the studio. She didn't show up. She'd never show up. Oh, geez. Yeah, because she hated to fly.
0: Oh, that yes, that's right.
1: So, and if the train wasn't going there, or there wasn't some kind of limo transportation, she wouldn't go. She'd you know work at another studio. She'd work over Muscle Shoals, or uh, um, working work out of Philly. Oh, wow. Or uh, in the Midwest, you know, out, uh, you know, like Chicago. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, one of the things I used to love to do, and I I really missed when I started doing, uh, working more for the newspaper Tuesday was, uh, I was able to go to Atlantic Studios, which was on 60th street Mm -hmm. and I could go there like about eight o'clock at night or like this time of night I could go up there and, um, Asked the guy Mac to pull out certain artists: Brooke Benton, Wilson Pickett, Aretha, Dinah Washington, and he pulled out these, you know, the big tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pulled those out, and I sit in a in a studio, lights dimmed, with um, uh, you know, naturally, in, you know, in the, in the studio they got V.O.T.s. Yes. So. You know you you you're, you're surrounded by sound you hear everything that goes on in the recording wow wow so I was yeah. able to hear a lot of a lot of stuff by Otis um, some stuff that never you know has even seen the light of day oh geez. Uh, you know I was uh I, I remember one thing that i I was at this was uh, Dr John recording right place wrong time
2: oh yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. And I walked in on that. Oh, I just happened to be up there. Yeah. You're... I came up and they said, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't shooting. I was stopping by the studio. It was on the way home because I, I lived on 71st street at the time. Oh, okay. And I was coming up from, uh, like lower sixth Avenue and coming up to 60th street is where, uh, Atlantic studios used to be. Okay. And so, uh, they, I came up and they said, come, come on, come on, come on, come on, get in here. <laughs> okay, got there. It's, you know, you standing against the wall, and um, uh, and they, you know, they broke into the right place, wrong time. They did it in like one take, oh. or at least the take that I was there for. Wow. And yeah, two minutes thirty-four seconds, something, something like that.
0: So you're in the sure. right place at the right time. Jeez. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man.
1: Yeah, it must have been a good time. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, out of all the, the the covers you've shot, and and like you say, and what would you say, almost a thousand covers or so, is there yeah is there one that sticks out that that is your favorite or that means more to you than maybe one other besides you know the the one you got fired for?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Al Green, call me. Oh wow! The Call Me album, and uh, the art director was uh, wise enough to use a shot of him gesturing, like you know, in a kick mode.
2: Yes. And yes. Uh,
1: on the back, on the back cover, and that one, because the the weird part about that was, I'm out in California driving along the highway, and I'm looking in the distance, and there's an image that looks just familiar. And it turns out that that was a 60 foot billboard. Oh, wow. Almost had a wreck.
0: I, yeah, I would couldn't have too. It.
1: Yeah. I, I, I got off, came back and drove back down again. I couldn't believe that. that uh, they used that. Yeah.
0: Oh man. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's one.
0: There's a bunch of them. Uh,
1: I did blue magic. Uh, yeah. That was uh uh yeah, they uh they were they were crazy.
0: Now didn't they just make a did they just make a movie about the band? Recent like uh, the a They might year have, too? yeah.
1: Yeah, they might yeah, they probably did a revision from, you know. I mean they were a good group, but they were crazy. Really? they just out now, yeah, they were just out and out crazy. I mean they, <laughs> they uh How so they, you know, as far as they almost didn't make it as a group because they couldn't get it together, and then finally the producer Henry Allen told them, "Look, if you guys are on, number one, I went down to Philly three times to photograph them, and they weren't ready. Oh, jeez. And I came up, I came up with a great idea, which was the idea of them sitting on the car.
2: I love and that. They were color. supposed
1: to be, yeah, they were supposed to be sitting in period costume, but because they didn't get it together, I had to finally force them, you know, because <laughs> you know, they they were told that if you if you boys don't get this together this time around. Um, you know, you're 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 you not going to. It doesn't. It means that you can't handle um the responsibility of being a group and being places on time. Right. Well, that makes sense. So yeah, no, it does. It does. And the and the guy that I had producing him was uh was very tough. Nice guy. With well, him and I, we, we got along. But nice guy, but very tough. Yeah. and Then uh oh, uh, another person I photographed uh was a guy called Swamp Dog.
0: I'm not familiar with Swamp Dog.
1: Okay, look him up. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you think the album? You think the you think the album that I did with Hank Crawford is bad? <laughs> he did a record. Look it up. I'm gonna called look it up right Rad now. <laughs> yeah, Swamp Dog. He did an album called Rat On. Okay. R A T Swamp Swamp Dog D O G G.
0: get D O G G.
1: Yeah, and he did an album, and on the album cover, he's rioting a giant rat.
0: Oh, I just pulled it up. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: and and critics have classified this as being one of the worst album covers in life. <laughs> okay. This is something else. But he, he, was, he was, yeah, he was. He, I mean, he's a hell of an art uh, producer. And, okay. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good time for, for photographing because the art director was very stiff. And... Uh, <laughs> The the next album that I did was uh, uh, I did an album cover for him called Finally Caught Up with Myself, and I did a double exposure on that. Him pointing at himself. Oh, okay. Two exposures, both pointing at himself. So uh, I don't know if that's still around, but yeah, the one on the one on the rat is. uh,
0: That (laughs) I'm looking at that right now. That is something
1: else. Yeah, disgusting. (sighs) I really. That yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> he did a record called "Um, Mama's Baby, Daddy's Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and if you get a chance, play it. I mean, it, it's it's the funny song. The
0: funny song. I, yes, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out as soon as as, as soon as we wrap yeah, you'll, up here.
1: You find it on you. You find it on YouTube. Mama's <laughs> baby, Daddy's Maybe.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so. Like you were at, you are at Woodstock, and I, I've yeah. seen some pictures of you uh, that you four shot. Days. You were there the whole four, four days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? I had
1: to I had to leave when Hendrix came on. I Had to leave before Hendrix came on because
2: oh.
1: I was so exhausted, and I was um, I had my I had myself and my assistant. We were so exhausted because we'd been up that last couple of nights because the Who came on, oh, yeah. um, Janice. And uh, we had to get back. We had deadlines. Oh, wow. And so I had to leave earlier that morning and drive back because we had to take 15-minute breaks. She drove for 15 minutes. I drove for 15 minutes to come back to the city. Oh. That's how tired we were.
0: Wow. Gee, that, yeah, because that's that's not a short ride from Woodstock back to the city. Oh my
1: yeah, God. and uh, that's a funny story also because I had a, a, whole, I had a wealth of stuff. And uh, the producers of the movie came to me and another guy, Jim Marshall. Um,
0: oh yeah, I'm from Jim Marshall. Material. Okay. Yeah.
1: So um, we, him, and I had talked for a brief moment. Said, "Yeah, you know, we're not going to let them take advantage of us, because there was a very bad, vi You know, you had to really um, not let these lawyers and people and managers try and talk you out of your stuff for like no money, or you know, you you pay them for what you shot.
2: Oh God.
1: You know, and it was always it was always one step away from that. Yeah, I, I and I'm you had to that. be you had to be tough, and uh, you had a couple of people out there who were tough. You know, was Jim Marshall and another guy named David Gar. Okay. And David Gar was like he shot. he's he's got thousands of covers. Him and another guy named Chuck Stewart. Chuck Stewart's got like about three, four thousand album covers out. Oh wow. He shot a lot. Of, he shot a lot of jazz. A lot of jazz.
0: Oh okay.
1: Every major every major jazz artist, uh, Chuck Stewart was involved with.
0: I was just talking with somebody about that. The other, uh, I think it may have been a, a, another uh, photographer, not too a couple of weeks ago, about uh, classic jazz covers.
1: Yeah. Oh, he was the master.
0: Okay. So, okay.
1: And so was David. And so was David Gar. David Gar did a lot of folk music. Okay. And a lot, and also a good amount of jazz. But David Gar was like tough. I mean, he, he would tell he would, he would tell a manager off in a minute.
2: Oh wow. And he,
1: he would tell us, he would tell us who were the young guys, the newest guys on the block. There was only like about nine of us who were doing rock and roll. You know, oh, being geez. on the road and whatnot. And uh, working for record companies and magazines and uh he told us he said, You don't you don't sell your stuff short. If I catch you selling yourself short, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> blah blah blah. He would go on. I mean, he'd get in your face and, oh, you. wow. and he was right. Yeah. That's the thing about it. He was he was right. Because managers would come along, they start talking a lot of now. You know, and uh, yeah, we'll pay you a dollar uh, for this. You have to cover your own transportation to get to us, so, though. Oh, know? gosh. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah it, was,
1: it was like that. And uh, so you, you got a certain toughness. You have to have a certain toughness about you to deal with these people. Like the Hendrix people, you know. You know, they're very tight with their material. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're very. Uh, you know, I mean, which is understandable, but um, they they can border on the point of being ridiculous.
2: Yeah, you
1: know. So, I mean, I, I again, I haven't had any. Uh, you know, I've heard stories. I haven't had. I've got like uh, um, pictures in the studio, as well as pictures in concert, um, and and some rare pictures of uh, an event that occurred on one hundred thirty seventh Street,
0: one hundred thirty eighth Street,
1: oh, really, in Manhattan when. When Henry showed up there, yeah. So, um.
0: What kind of event was
1: that? He just popped up. Uh, he wanted to go and play at Harlem because he felt that the black community is not aware of uh, him as an artist. Ah. And, uh, but he, and it's very strange because everybody was in d But he got a, a, a decent reception. I mean, he got, he, uh, got some respect because as you know, I mean, the guy was probably one of the greatest guitar players around. Oh yeah. You know, there's stuff that, uh, again, I was very privileged to be in the studio and see him do. And, uh, you know, if, if you listen to Isabella, I mean, there's just so much going on. Yeah. Uh, that was not able to be done at that time because they didn't have the kind of multi-tracking. Uh, refined. They had it, but it wasn't refined. Okay. Uh, to the point that it is to today, much of that stuff is easy now. But yeah. Back then, Yeah, and that's when I said they called in Eddie Kramer, you yeah. know, to put it together. When I went into the studio, I know that night, um, we met for a second, talked for a second, and then I disappeared.
0: Now, was that the case with a lot of artists where it, your interaction with them wasn't very extensive were you just gonna or did did you uh did you make any friendships with any of the artists
1: yeah well I didn't want it to be extensive because I didn't want to be another person that they had to deal with
2: ah okay
1: you know I mean I didn't want studio is a very personal place I mean you know it's not it's it's and the bigger the artist you know you got like your hangers on you got people who want to talk and I just was introduced to them uh, we spoke for a second, and then I, like I said, I disappeared. I just, uh, you know, you know uh, you know, I, I was a myth. Was yeah. A myth. <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not, you know, not, a, not even a rumor. You know, it's a rumor that he maybe, no, 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 <laughs> you know. not even, no, no. Well, Jim, and, uh, you find that when you they respect you for that, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, you get it was the same thing with the Zeppelin. The Zeppelin was the same thing.
0: And and how often did you get to shoot uh, Zeppelin? The Zeppelin just the one time. Okay, one
1: time when they first came here, when they first when they first hit the country.
0: Oh wow! The First album. That's fantastic. I saw those pictures and and I love them. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, uh, Zeppelin and Hendrix are We two did a, We did it. Again. I was just saying that Led Zeppelin and, and Hendrix are. Two of my all-time favorites, as a lot of people, I'm sure, could say. But
1: yeah, yeah, and they, they were pleasant to work with. I mean, they were. Uh, I saw again, where they came in, it was a strange studio, Atlantic Studio, and uh, they really had to get down to business. So again, stayed out of the way. I was able to get them in a sitting session uh, earlier the day before. I think oh, uh, where they're sitting. There would be painting in the background. So
2: that's fantastic.
0: Where can people see your work? I know you've got the the website. Uh, what is the, the address for that again?
1: Well. You mean the website that's up now?
0: Yeah, yeah, where people can go and take a look at your work, and I know you've got some uh, gallery prints for sale. Oh,
1: they can go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia, Okay. And they can go to uh, the Jim Cummins collection. You just put those two things in, and they'll come up.
0: And do you do – are you still shooting? Say again? Are you still actively shooting uh, professionally, or have you retired, or –
1: yeah I'm still I'm still working. Uh, I'm not working as much as I used to. Uh, right now what I'm more of what I'm doing now is I'm having fun shooting. I mean I get <laughs> you know some busy, because the business has, has changed yeah and there's not a lot of work out of here to be quite, you know perfectly honest with you,
2: really? oh. you know,
1: There's not a lot of a lot of stuff has dried up, just dried up
2: oh,
1: and okay. so uh, but I have some things that I do and then one of the other things that I've resigned myself to is I'm just gonna have fun shooting. I got a uh, stuff up on Facebook, got a page up on Facebook. If you look there, you'll see, or well, follow Facebook, you'll see stuff that I put up from time to time. And that's having fun. I mean, that's from people to buildings to weird situations on the street.
2: Oh, you know, man, that's awesome.
1: Uh, having fun doing that. And then it looks like what I'm stepping into now, is stepping into a lecture series. I've been doing lectures, but now I think it's going to become a regular thing where I'm going to hold this workshop.
0: Oh, and that's what, so, and uh, as, as that's what's uh, what, what's coming up in uh, a couple of weeks in November. You're you're going to be doing a workshop, like you'd mentioned.
1: 17th, yeah, okay, 17th.
0: Excellent, and and uh, yeah. and you said this. So this this should be an ongoing thing. And and is this going to be something that's in the uh, tri-state, New Jersey, New York area, or is it going to be something that kind of travels around and, and you're going to go to different areas?
1: Well, yeah, it might. I mean, we're, we're doing this one first. Mel and I are doing this one first. And, uh, see how, well, I mean, I'm going to do it again. I mean, because I enjoy uh, um, at this point now seeing, how, you know, how much information I can give out to people, you know, as far as like what to do in the business now, where it's going. Okay. Uh, a lot of things that, I've, that I see that are happening, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to pass on to people, you know, because it's, it's tough now. And if you don't know or have some kind of idea as to where it's going, or you know, an inkling, uh, it's even tougher.
0: How can people? So I want to be
1: able to, you know, pass pass the word on. How
0: you can know, how can people know, find out you, about help
1: these? Help, help people, huh?
0: How can people find out about the the, the seminars that you're doing, uh, and maybe get?
1: How do people to, find out what yeah. I do?
0: Yeah, is there, is there a website for the for the lecture series that you're doing?
1: Yeah, Facebook, I'm telling you.
0: Facebook. Okay. Oh, so it's all on Facebook. Okay, great.
1: Yeah, Facebook and uh, Wikipedia.
0: Okay, all right.
1: And um, the Jim Cummins collection. The Jim Cummins collection is stuff that's been done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, the things on Wikipedia. I mean, you may find a few different things, but the the new stuff, stuff I've just been go out and shoot, is up on Facebook.
0: I really appreciate your time tonight, Jim. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, and I'll send you this. Uh, I'll send you some material.